Welcome to episode 93 of Auto Off Topic. 93. Yep. Seven more to go. Yep. So we do have... So we quit forever. <laughs> yeah. So we do have a new mixing board that we're trying out. Yes, we do. And hopefully the audio quality is better. Or at least the same, and we can improve on it from there. Yes. Yeah, hopefully it did not go down. If it's gone down, we've done something horribly wrong. No. I think it sounds better to me. We upgraded the board because now we have four mic. Actually, I can have up to five. Mm-hmm. And uh, that way when we have two guests at once, they don't have to share a microphone yes. awkwardly. Yeah, the last couple of times we've had two guests. We've had – both times they've been couples. They've been couples, so, so it it's works. okay. But at the same time, one will talk into the mic and the other one will not be talking into the mic because yeah. they'll be over here. And that doesn't work very well. No. So uh, hopefully we solve that. Um We'll have to change the seating arrangements, though, so if couples come down, they can still sit together, because now you have an opposite sides of the table. Why? That's fine. I don't, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. It's that fine. way everybody can look at each other. That's fine. It's easy. That is the way it will be. Anyway, uh, what's going on? Not too much, Andrew. What's going on with you? Uh, not too much. We did not not do many project car updates. We didn't, because we, we did car events. Yeah, we had quite Actually, a few. I just got here from our local Wednesday night cruise night yeah which is like a typical anytown usa muscle car hot rod weekly cruising in a big parking lot with the same people every week yep so what time does it start like three in the afternoon officially doesn't start till five yeah but people start rolling in at like three because they're old and retired yeah i feel like uh see i I get home at like 5.30, and I was like, I'm not going to go over there, because by the time I get there, get the car to the garage and get there, people are leaving. Yeah, but the people you want to see are still there. Yeah. But so. it's like, I don't know, it's like such well, a weird thing to it's, me. I didn't leave there until almost 8. So. Yeah. And I have a lot of people I know that go there that I'm friendly with, so it's nice to catch up every week, even if you don't walk around and look at cars, which I did tonight. But I don't always. Sometimes you wind up just finding a group of people you know and standing in place for a while. Was there anything cool there? Um, of real note, I mean, there's always some interesting vehicles there. There's nothing of particular auto off topic taste tonight, other than my Colt and my dad's RX-7. And what's auto off topic taste? It could be anything. It's true. The not 32 Ford 57 Chevy crowd, which we like those. We just I I think our listeners like them too. Yeah, there's just so many. They just don't drive them. Yeah, but they appreciate them. So There was a 53 Chevy pickup hot rod there that was painted in Mitsubishi Sunburst Orange. All right. Tie it in. That, is, it that in. is a tie-in to an auto off-topic-like vehicle. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's always cool stuff there. There's a Renault uh, 17L, which is a weird little four-cylinder front-wheel drive Renault in bright yellow. 17L. Yeah. It's like a little hatchback, but kind of sporty looking. It's kind of like a grown-up Saab Sonnet. Not that using another obscure car to describe well, the first. I know what a Saab Sonnet is, though. Yeah, it's kind of the same. It's a grown-up Saab Sonnet. Yeah, it's kind of got some similar, similar lines to it. I think. I don't um, really know. I don't know. Maybe I don't I'm think calling, so. Maybe I'm calling it the wrong thing. Is seventeen L? A se- like a one point seven L? I think it's called a seventeen. Okay, so that's different. This is the. 
This is the visual portion of our audio podcast. Yeah, we're sitting here Googling things. Okay. Yeah, no, I see the subs on it now. So it's a Renault 17. Okay. A Renault 17L comes up with a Renault 1.7 liter. It's a different okay. looking car. Yeah, that yellow one, the first one that comes yeah, up, is pretty much the same car okay. that was at. So if you Google Renault R17, um, the yellow one that comes up is pretty it's much... It's kind of like a cross between a Sonnet... Halfway through a yawn and a, I hope everybody yawned that listened to it. Yes. Um, <laughs> it, was, it looks like a, a, Lant, a Lancia um, Monte Carlo or Beta. Okay. Crossed with a Sops on it. Yeah. Or and like there's just that 70s hatchback with the triangle quarter window. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I dig it. Uh, actually, from the three-quarter view, it looks like a baby Javelin kind of. That's a stretch. No. With that rear window and deck lid. I don't know. I think if you saw it in person, you wouldn't think I don't that. Know. I'm looking at this one here. Big vents on the. Uh... This one here. Okay, I've never seen one like that. Okay. That one definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, again, the visual portion of this podcast is now over. So it's one of those there. It's really neat. Same yeah. guy owns it, owns a bunch of Lacars, and he's got a bunch of Renault Alliance. Oh, does he always have that blue Lacar? The blue Lacar, yeah. Okay. Same guy. And he's got a bunch of Renault Alliance GTAs and Renault Encores, and he's definitely one of us. Oh. <laughs> like weird things. Yeah. So he goes to Carlisle every year with those cars, actually. So usually brings a truck and a trailer with one on the trailer, and his son drives one down. Mm-hmm. That way, if one of the two weird cars he can't get parts for breaks, they can tow the tra- car home with the other one, with the trailer. Ah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. weird French cars. Yeah. He also has a giant Chrysler convertible to round it all out. But hmm. all right. So that, that's what was there. That was pretty interesting. There was a TE27 Corolla. That's cool. Like a 70, I don't want to get the year wrong, but I'm going to guess like 74. All right. Um, yellow one with a black gut. That was kind of neat. So yeah, there's some cool cars there. There yeah, always are. Now you're remembering. Yeah. It's more of like re-walking the show in my brain. Oh, there was a early NSX on staggered Superlegaras. Okay. Oh, uh, that was really, really, really nice. Silver with the dark gray Superlegaras. Oh. I don't think I've seen that car around. Super nice car. Nice. It's been around for 100 years, um, but the wheels are a recent addition. Cool. Actually, it's funny because I remember the car because the guy used to be a waiter at Bugaboo Creek, the old restaurant that's gone now. Whoa. Yeah, way back in the day. But what if that was a national chain? I don't know. It was a weird restaurant. It was a weird restaurant with all the animatronic yeah. like, animals and stuff inside of it. It was a it. restaurant themed. I guess it was sort of a competitor for the Outback because it was themed. The Outback is like the Australian it, Outback. Yes. And this was like... The Canadian wilderness. Yeah. So Bugaboo like Creek. a talking tree and a talking moose. Yeah, it didn't have that, though. Like, the, the Outback never had talking. Never had the kitsch. Like a like a talking <laughs> But I just, I remember the car, because I, I recognize the guy who was driving it. I remember the car because I remember back when NSXs were like ten to $15,000 cars. Um, yeah, maybe $15,000 cars. Yeah. My father and him had talked about my father trading his Corvette for the NSX. Should have. And the guy was like, well, it wasn't my father who said no in the end. It was the NSX owner, wisely, who did not trade for the 80 yeah. Corvette, which at the time was of similar value, but the 80 Corvette has not appreciated a dollar. And the NSX has appreciated to like a forty or $50,000 car now. So yeah, he he wisely held on to it. Cool. But yeah, that was, that was a, so there was a good amount of cars there. And then obviously the, you know, muscle car crowd was strong as always. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good time. So, we also posted the video of 
McBride getting the NSU started. We did. Um, yeah, not the greatest, but it exists. Yeah, go it, check it out. It's a thing. It's a thing we did. Give us comments on we, it. We made it. It exists. And we know it has it. some issues, but if you... There wasn't much planning put into it. It was more of an off-the-cuff kind of... Yeah. We're just going to film some stuff, and if we have enough content, we'll put it together and show you what we did. But like starting the podcast, if we constantly chased perfection at first, it would have never got done. Correct. So that's why the early episodes are okay. And what are we calling the series on YouTube, Andrew? I'm calling it In the Garage without Off Topic. I thought mm-hmm. it was a fun name. It is a fun name, even though that particular episode was shot in front of the garage. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's <laughs> part of the series. It works. It's working on cars with, with us. Um, we will, obviously, they'll get better as we go along. And I'm sure it's. Pr- I'm sure we're giving, making excuses for something that most people would say is just fine and okay at the moment. So, mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, we learned some things doing that. We have some things we'll probably do a little differently next time. Um, we need to pay a little more attention to actually filming and not working sometimes because there's whole sections of the day that we kind of glossed over. Well, the that's the hardest part because you're in it to just finish the project. Yeah. And then you get out of the mindset of like, oh, I should be videotaping because you want to just finish the project. Because we're not in a studio space. We can't not finish the project. We're in front of my father's garage. So we couldn't like take the car apart and leave it sitting there. So we needed, we were on a time crunch as well as trying to videotape the thing. We're not in a garage. Right. We're not in a garage where we can take <laughs> the car apart and leave it there. Yeah. That's always been, you know, a problem when you're working on a car in that kind of scenario. You need to go start to finish in a lot of amount of time because you have to clean everything up out of the way because yeah. that's an active driveway. Yeah. So that's a bit of a frustration, but it's a lot get better. Uh, so speaking of in the garage, I swung by Jordan's place on the way home from work on Monday. Yes, you did, as well as I did. And you did yes. uh, later to drop off an engine stand for well, the engine swap. Later only because I don't work 15 minutes down the street from him. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go home and get the engine stand, which lives, is a 45-minute drive from my yeah. work, and then to his house from my home, which is another 45-minute to an well, hour drive from work. Well, if it's any consolation, he lives closer to my work than I do, so. I don't think it's a consolation. I don't understand how that would be a I don't know why yeah. why I said that. I Not just, a consolation. I, I had to drive a lot. Andrew says so words. Yeah. Makes videos that exist and says words. Yes. Follow Auto Off Topic everywhere. Yes. Good night. The best. Seven more episodes to go. Anyway. You're almost done, people. <laughs> Uh, the I think we talked about it briefly. We'll have to have them on to talk about it. The STI that we've been working on for like two years for a rallycross car, mm-hmm. uh, the plastic tanked radiator exploded. It exploded. Mm-hmm. Well, the pitch mount on the engine, the dog bone, as you would call it on a, on a Subaru engine, wore out, and the engine was rocking back and forth with throttle movement as one is... Uh, will do with that because you're hammering the throttle on it during rally cross especially during rally cross uh, it's full off throttle full on throttle no yeah. in between so the engine has sm- smashed itself into the coolant hose the upper radiator hose which is like in under normal conditions is like extremely close to a spinning power steering pump pulley mm-hmm. and so it wore through split the hose and then the force of it just took the top of the radiator with it and, uh, a big mess. and they managed to band-aid it up and get it home, at least. Uh, Always impressive. Yeah. So uh, it was time to swap that radiator for a nice uh, aluminum one. Yeah, it was a pretty piece they put in it. I don't know what brand it was, but it was nice looking. It was aluminum oh. brand yes. radiator. <laughs> um, but it worked. 
the fitment could have been a little better, but it was an off brand. But it fit. Yeah. So it fit it fit well enough and it didn't leak. Yes, we asked him if it was an eBay brand. He said, No, I bought it from the manufacturer and I said that usually sells them on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> he said possibly. <laughs> so that was uh that was pretty quick. Oh, and I helped them pull an axle off the they've got an engine swap to go in spaghetti, but yeah, they not before the rally. Two, it was a two point oh ABA, it, yeah. I think. With a better Mach, fuel injection. Out of a Mach 3 Jetta? Yeah. Yeah. So that will eventually be going in the spaghetti rally car, just not right away. It's way more reliable. Well, we assume it's going to be way more reliable. Right now it's an at engine least, out of a junk car on a tire in his garage. At least the fuel injection part is far more reliable. Yes. So there's that. It's a more modern setup. It's got like normal style Bosch injectors, right? Versus the rotary pump. Yeah, it's multi-port fuel injection. Yeah. As opposed to... Uh, CIS. Yes. Which is the biggest pile of garbage. It's electronically, it's like electronically controlled mechanical fuel injection. Correct. It's so Is bizarre. it better or worse than a carburetor, sir? I would take a carburetor over CIS. All right. Yeah. Point carburetors. I have owned both. Market. So. <laughs> Actually, I never had a problem with the CIS in my old Audi. It just worked. That guy like spent like a lot of time on that though. I remember him telling us when we were buying the car. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he rebuilt the whole thing. Yeah, so but that's probably why. Regardless, it just worked. I never had a problem with it. So even the parts car that I bought at one point that had been sitting for like ten years, the CIS just worked when I drove it home. Remember picking that parts car up and driving it home? I do. Do you remember possibly slapping the plates from my other car on it to drive it home because they were both red '87 Audi four thousand? I don't know. We we got it in <laughs> Canada somewhere. Yeah, something like that. We drove over it from, was snowing, I remember. Yes. No, it was not. Yeah, it was. The day we brought home my car, the original one, it was snowing. The parts car, it was not snowing. It was in the snow. Mm, yes, it was. Negative. 100% in the snow. Anyway. Yes, it was 100% Wait. in the snow. Yes, because we had to clean snow off of the car. Yes. I do remember that. Yes. I'm a liar. Yeah. Yeah. But I figured, worst case scenario, if we got pulled over, nobody would ever check the VIN. They'd just be like, oh, it's an 87 Audi with plates for an 87 Audi that's also red yeah so well it worked out it did also I didn't actually do that so no didn't actually it was happen. in Canada yeah far away it was more than seven years ago it was no it wasn't no it wasn't <laughs> yes it was it was no it wasn't it was no it wasn't no Andrew you know I know it wasn't Andrew it was the statute of limitations <laughs> is over okay fair enough Okay, good. Uh, anyway, events. What, do what we events do did weekend? we do? Or a lot of events this weekend. Yeah, what do we do Saturday? Oh, Saturday we went to Cars and Coffee at the Lars Anderson Museum in Brookline, Mass. Yes. Lars Anderson Museum of Transportation, which locals will know we've talked about before. Uh, listeners will know we've talked about before. Locals have probably been there. Mm-hmm. Um, they have one of, I guess, probably, I'd say it's one of the premier cars and coffee events in the area. I would say so. Between theirs and the Herb Chambers ones, where all the high end cars go. But even the Herb Chambers one, the dealership. It's a parking lot. Yeah. The parking lot. Yeah. It's really nice here because I it's grass lawn. believe there is one that we have yet to go to in Rhode Island that is near a bunch of the fancy mansions down in Newport. Okay. So that is also on grass. Essentially the same thing as Lars Anderson. Okay. Which is within all the fancy mansions of Brookline. Mm-hmm. And this beautiful park that's in the middle. It's really weird because you're literally like five to ten minutes from 
downtown Boston. Is that the Colt State Park event? No, there's one near Mansions. I'll look it up afterwards. I'll show it to you. There was, uh, yeah, you're literally like five to ten minutes outside of downtown Boston, and yep. then it feels like you're in like the woods. Mm-hmm. But the woods with lots of rich people. Yeah, lots of huge mansions. Yeah, it's a very, very high end part of town. So the what's the Lars Anderson is actually the old carriage house. Mm-hmm. It looks like this tiny little castle. It's the old carriage house for the mansion that was it. It's the foundation is still at the top of the hill. Correct, but it burned down many years ago. Yeah, like a hundred years ago. Like no more, exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they were one of the first families to be into automobiles, mm-hmm. so that's why they had them. And that's and where they kept them. Their carriage house, which looks like a castle, which is ultra fancy, was yeah. essentially a garage. Yeah, that's what a carriage house is—a big garage with stables. And if you go, it's two levels. If you go in the basement. There's some of the family's earliest cars, yeah, which is pretty they're, cool. Their original collection like from the early 1900s. Yeah, like super, super old stuff. Yeah, like Brass Era. Yeah. And before Brass Era, if there is such a thing. But lately, the last couple of years, they've been doing a really, really good job of breathing new life into this museum. Yeah, since Sheldon came on. It, yeah, it was kind of stale for a while, and it it's so nice to see them. It kind of started, the, the first time I really noticed it was like two years ago, they had the big Porsche exhibit. Yep. Um, that was super cool, and then yeah, they're trying to become more of a world, like a world class destination museum. They've had a BMW exhibit, and then they've had um, I forget what was in between. Oh, they had supercars. Mm-hmm. Supercars was last year. Yeah, and then they had a Jag XJ220 yeah. when they first walked in, and some other and then I notables. think the next. Yeah, so the most recent one is hot rods that were built in New England. Yeah, they New have England ties hot rods, to yeah. New England. And not like this one out-of-period car, but most of it is stuff from the 50s, 60s era of builds. 40s, 50s, and 60s, I should say. Out of those periods, it's it was it's built as they were built in the 90s, though, so it represents the ni- or late 80s, 90s period of builds. What car does? The 55 Chevy. That one car does. That's what I'm saying. The rest of yeah. them, though, are all f- like 40s, 50s, 60s builds. Yeah. And that one car represents the 90s period, which I just don't think I don't think it belongs in there. I think it does because it does represent a specific time period. of That was the new... Uh, the Boyd-Coddington era. Yeah, and the resto mod type... Thing. Billet aluminum and chrome everywhere. Yeah, it's a it's a fifty five Chevy fifty five no- Nomad with a full like eighty six Corvette driveline. Yeah, like a third gen Corvette driveline. So. Fourth gen C four. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it works. Like I remember those were the like the the types of builds. Yeah, I those are the cars that you was see. Those are cars that you see still to this day at like a Wednesday night cruise night down behind the mall in Danvers because. They're the cars that were big dollar cars to build back in the day, but they've fallen out of taste and fallen out of, you know, value, I guess. I'd drive one, though. I would not. Why not? I'd have to change it. Why not? I don't. I don't. I just, I've never liked it. I didn't like it in period. I don't like it now. The only thing that was, we- well, the only thing it has Corvette wheels on it. Mm-hmm. Salad shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you put like. That tor- was, to me, that was the least offensive part of the car. <laughs> really? If you yeah. put like torque thrusts on it. It looked really cool. Oh, it's very monochromatic, matching interior. Under the hood is all chrome. Build aluminum steering wheel. Yeah, I like it. dash pad. No. That's that look. That's the look I want. That's fine. You might like it. You might want it. I didn't like that look when it was current, and I don't like oh, it now. Whatever. So, I'm not nostalgic for the 80s hot rod. 
I'm not nostalgic for one with like heartbeat stripes and like the pro street movement. That was like one step away from that. Like, yeah, all it needed I, was a heartbeat stripe, and it would be that car. It wasn't a pro, else no, was it wasn't a pro street build. No, I do. I don't like pro street builds. It's kind of a weird thing. That but the Nomad, you could actually get in and drive it, and it probably handle pretty close to a modern car. No, I'm sure it does. I just it's personal preference, you know. You, you when you build a hot rod, you build it for yourself, and you don't build it for anybody else. And not everybody's gonna like it, and I just don't. I, I don't like that era of car. I don't like the whole chrome it, build aluminum, everything era. Just I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, it would be be interesting to see if it would be uh, if they the Radwood organizers would let it in. Probably not, because it's a '55 Chevy. But it's built to '80s, '90s standards. I don't know. I think that's too far off the off the path. But so, oh, speaking of, before I forget, so. Those of our friends that listen to on the West Coast, if you don't already know about this, you probably already do, but Radwood NorCal is this weekend Yep. in San Francisco, so it's like radwood.co, but yep. you should definitely go, even if you can't go with a car or you don't have a car to go, if you're like, and this is, I'd be surprised if this type of person listens, if you're like an 80s or 90s cosplayer, I don't know if that's a thing, <laughs> like just show up in costume, like your favorite so, 80s So, that is a thing. Yeah. And it's us. Okay. Because we went to Radwood and dressed up in 80s cosplay. So. And didn't bring a car. Yes. But if you are willing to do that and you don't really care that much about cars, but you're into 80s and 90s and you Did want you just other. just ask our listeners if they don't care about cars? I'm just saying. Yeah, we don't have anybody like I'm that. I'm just saying. Yeah. If if you know someone like that that doesn't really care that much about cars, just tell them to. But they're really into 80s and 90s stuff. Yep. Tell them to wear their favorite stuff. Oh, 100%. And everybody will think you're cool as shit there. So. And then also, they also just announced this week, yeah. officially official, yep. that there is an East Coast Radwood coming this year in August. East. It's near it's a, East Coast. It's near a coast. Comparatively to ones on the West Coast, it is East Coast. It's at Road Atlanta. It's at Road Atlanta, yes. Grid Life. Yes, which is the 24th of Fourth. Is it worth August. It's August. Okay. Which is interesting because I've always wanted to go to a good life too. So I think we're going to try to go. I'm going to try like hell to go. We'll see. Yeah, it's uh, it's a strong possibility, but yes, see how the summer goes. We're both going to try real hard to go. Um, so anyway, back to Lars Anderson. So we were explaining the museum. The uh, They do the whole Cars and Coffee on the lawn, and it's cool because it's free, and they open up the museum – Unlike their lawn events, where they charge you ten dollars, ten dollars for a spectator, twenty dollars for a car. Yeah, so it's totally free. However, it's not a big deal to spend the money because it supports the museum. Yes, and it's a pretty rad museum to have around here. Yeah, but it was super cool because we, it was going to be a really beautiful day, which it ended up being. So we purposely left early, mm-hmm. and it started at like what eight, and I think we rolled in at like seven thirty. Yeah, 7.35. And we were like yeah. the f- within the first 10 cars, which yep. was pretty cool. Which was awesome because we got to get a parking spot under a tree. Because I guess they like had to close it at like 9. Yes. Last time I went, um, I was told there was no more parking spots and just a drive through. So thankfully, as I was driving through, somebody left, so I snuck in their parking spot. But I didn't want that to happen again, which is why we made sure we left at 7.30 in the morning. Yep. We left at you know, 6.30 in the morning to be there for 7.30. Yeah, so I brought um, I brought my Galant. And, and I followed in the 78 Colt, the blue one. And I saw some people take pictures of the, the uh, Galant. So, yeah, I don't know. no, people like it. The Colt always brings an interesting What was cool aspect. that was there? Oh, the dude, this dude that had to be in his mid-20s, 
and his wife or girlfriend rolled up. I don't. In, I think mid twenties is being generous. I think the kid might have been like nineteen. No. He was young. No, he's mid. Maybe that's just me being old, thinking yeah. everybody who's under thirty looks like they're twelve. But no, he's mid twenties. Rolled up in a Model T, and it was awesome because it was in the middle of the show, and the lawn was already packed, and he just drove the thing in there like he'd been driving it for his entire life, because he probably has been. And because they're not easy to drive at he, all, exactly. And he just maneuvered it around the parking lot and like stopped it and put it in reverse and backed it up and. So it had to be local. Yep. Because <laughs> you can't get on 128. So he parked one. it, he shut it off, they jumped out of it and walked away like it was a normal car. Yeah. And it was awesome because you don't see somebody who's that age driving something like that around. Yeah. Like it wasn't didn't come in on a trailer. He drove it off the street and he was very young and it was very cool to see. What was that giant Buick that was next to you? Uh, it was an Oldsmobile. Yeah, same difference. <laughs> yeah, same difference for sure. Um, that was a Oldsmobile 98. It was a 71. The paisley interior? And it was green with a green vinyl top and a green paisley interior. Oh, and it was, it was amazing. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And then the, um, we're drinking Dale's shanties here, so a little bubbly. Yeah. But the, um, <laughs> oh, the kit car, Shelby. That thing was Oh, it was awesome. an ERA kit. So it was. I Ultra accurate. A continue, I think they might consider that a continuation car. Really? Almost. Yeah. Like it gets a CSX event. Really? Um, and it was registered as a 66. Oh, because it had a 66 plate on it. Yeah. Um, but it was done up like an early car because it had didn't have the wide, it had like the mid-level flares, didn't have the super wide 427 flares. Yep. But it was a 427. Yes. A true 427 side oiler under the hood. Yes. No side pipes, which nope. is cool. Like flat black exhaust pipes that yep. came right up the back. Um, a solid green. Right, bluish. Green. Oh yeah, it was yeah. More, it was I think a, it was more blue than green. The mid blue metallic, like yeah. um, proper everything. No hood scoop, no stripes, no four twenty seven badging. Just a real genuine knockoff wheels Avon on racing Avon tires. racing tires. Driven from as far north as I live. He lives like the next town over from me. I've only seen the car twice, but yeah, I drive all the way to Brooklyn to see it. We saw it on the highway on the way in, actually, at the gas station getting gas, which yep. I'm sure happens a lot in the Cobra. Yeah, um, passes everything but the gas station. Yeah, exactly. Um, that thing is really neat because it's a, it's about as accurate as you can get to an original nineteen sixty six. Actually, Cobra. you know, it's crazy. It I pretty bet, much is a sixty six Cobra. I bet those have giant fuel tanks too. Oh, I'm sure they do because they're endurance racing cars. Yeah, yeah. That's so that's even like more terrible. But oh, what was the other car you saw roll into Cars and Coffee that you was near your house? Oh, the Volvo. Yeah. Yeah, the two, uh, 142? Yeah, we posted it's a picture a of it. It's pre-240. It's a 140. Yeah. Round headlight Super car. Super cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Those are probably my three favorite things there. I don't know much about what was under the hood of that car, but it sounded like it had side drafts when it was rolling past. So yeah, I assume I it had side drafts. It had a turbo bricks sticker on it, but I don't think it was turbocharged because no. you would have heard it. But it was really cool. It looked almost period modified. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. What else? I don't think there was anything else really. I mean, there were tons. There was, was a huge tons amount of, of cars. Cool stuff. Yeah, but stuff that like stood out was like that Volvo, the Cobra, mm-hmm. guy with the Model T, that Oldsmobile because it parked next to us. Yeah, that's probably where we yeah. Really noticed the it. Lincoln Continental was pretty cool. Oh, the '58 or '59, the big black one. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. The breezeway rear window. Yeah, there was just a really eclectic mix of mm-hmm. stuff. It was very very cool. So, um, so we left there. Yeah, and then. We decided to take it back to Hot Import Nights 2003. Well, you know, the, the crazy thing, right? So we have this local shop here, and they do a lot of, like, race car stuff, alignments. They, they do, like, corner balance. And, and we've gone 
to their shows before and it's all like track guys like autocross track guys Mm -hmm. so the cars are like kind of more our speed Mm -hmm. uh in like the last like couple years there's a body shop that moved in next door to them that is like the big thing they advertise is like doing dips they do dips and wraps yeah fine they get which is fine and they do they do a really good job of both things yeah they do do really good paint work too actually yeah i thought i should be advertising other body shops but they're really good yeah but anyway uh, we're like, all right, well, let's go check out this show because it's literally two minutes from my house. Yeah, we could have walked there. Yeah, from your house. So I, um, I, mean, I guess we could have walked there from anywhere, but it's true. Would take reasonably we could have walked from your house. So I had brought my wife was with me. I dropped her off because she, she wouldn't would have had a good time there. <laughs> and I went down in my driveway and I could hear this music coming from the backyard. Like Andrew like, walked in his backyard. Eurobeat intensified. Yeah, and I was like, this is weird. I wonder where that's coming from. Whatever. And I drive down the street. And it's getting louder. It's <laughs> and louder. It's like Jaws with the shark. Dune. Going down the road. Uh, yeah. So it's coming from this show. It's, yes. And at this point, I think my house is probably a half mile away. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear it. I could hear it fine. perfectly clear like for like two hours after I left and I was watching Lama. Like... You didn't give me a heads up either when I was on the way down there. You just took a picture of something that was ridiculous, and you're like, real classy show. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> so it was this truck with like an array of stereo speakers. That... So picture, if you will, an F-250 Yeah, with an 80s style flip tilt bed. Yeah. That bed opens up. So bed flips up flat like a wall. Yeah. And then is split down the middle in half and like on piano hinges opens up. Mm-hmm. So it is literally like an eight foot by eight foot wall of speakers. A wall of sound. Yes. It was quite loud. However, it was clear. I will give it I that. I will give it that. It was incredibly loud Thankfully, and, incredibly, all I could hear. and incredibly clear. So somebody did a good job with it. It was just too loud. It was just not our taste. Because I drew, I was surprised they let it fly for as long as they did. It was on one side of the building, and the other side of the parking lot was a flat wall of one building. And mm-hmm. if you were between those two things, it was like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, my ears are bleeding. I don't know what's going on, but I'm surprised they let it last as long as they did. Because a, you could hear it in the residential part of town, and b, is a restaurant right out front. Oh, they don't. I guess they don't do much of a lunch crowd. Yeah, but they that, definitely didn't do anything of a lunch crowd. crowd no, lunch that, crowd that day. That restaurant ain't a lunch crowd restaurant. No. Well, it's a, it's a people who eat lunch at, at dinner at lunchtime crowd, usually. No, it's the, it's the cool hip sen- uh, seniors that go out. Right, at five. No, they yeah. party hard. <laughs> it's a, uh, what you would call a blue hair club at nighttime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, there was a couple cool things, but it was mostly dropped Subarus. Subarus, BMWs, on Acuras. white letter tires. Yep, not really white letter tires. White letter stickers on their tires. Yep, with huge offset, and uh, a kid with a vape. Uh, not even a vape. A hookah. Oh, actual hookah. Like, like a, 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 a ten inch by ten inch cube full of water. Hey, you know what I like to bring to car shows? My incredibly awkward to move hookah. Well, yes. And then I put it down next to a car and I smoke it. Yeah, while sitting on an upside-down five-gallon bucket. And then I pick it up and I move it, Yeah, and I smoke it somewhere else. 
what? Like, you know, there's like <laughs> in that case, like just get a vape. Right. Don't get a vape because you're a tool anyway. But if you're going to have a vape, don't bring a giant hookah with you everywhere you go. When there's a portable thing yes. that does exactly the same thing. Yes. But then you don't get to look so cool having a giant red rubber hose hanging out of your mouth. Hey, I'm going to bring this fish tank. <laughs> Full of gross, dirty water with like tobacco junk in it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Yeah. And then he was like sharing it with like the world. Yeah, it's real weird. Which is clearly not a good idea. It's either. not our scene. It's, it's definitely, definitely not our scene. There were a few cars there. There was that wasn't our scene, but the imported right-hand drive Cedric. That was kind of cool. Yeah. That was, was the one on, I sent you the picture with the Crown yeah. Royal. It was full-on VIP loaded. style with yeah. like curtains and the rope thing hanging from the mirror. and So it was real classy. I was right. It was real classy. Junction produce parts. Yeah. Um, it was neat because it was a Cedric. I've never seen a... I think it's a Y33 Cedric, they call it. I've never know. seen one in person. So it's a 245, isn't it? Um, not sure. Could be. It's a different looking car, though. It's got very different headlights and taillights. Different. I don't know. It's a cool car, nonetheless. Wasn't built to my style, but it's a cool car. Um, and then I forgot to show you the picture afterwards, because after you left, an Acura came in. I meant to take a picture under the hood and be, tell you that the show kept getting classier, because it had a airbrushed topless picture of um yeah the joker's girlfriend harley quinn harley quinn yes but from the suicide squad movie so it was recently done airbrushed like you would have gotten it airbrushed at the state fair in 1989 on the bottom of the hood but she had a shirt on that was only half covering her 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 chest with her nipples i really like margot robbie can you airbrush her to the bottom of my hood yes Yes, it, okay. was, it was interesting. And then it had ha-ha-ha-ha-ha airbrushed all around it, and the Joker airbrushed on the engine cover. Okay. I have a picture to show you. I'll have to show you later. Unfortunately, we can't post it on our Instagram because it does contain nudity, and it will get us banned from Instagram. Well, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> um, it will get us temporarily blocked, maybe. Yeah, probably not. Either way, we're not going to post it because we're a family podcast. Sure. As in, we have families. <laughs> It was yeah. There was some interesting stuff that showed up after you left. However, the gentleman who runs Fast Track, which is the shop in the front that we were talking about originally, was ac- actively working while we were there. Yeah, he's corner balancing. He was corner balancing Dodge Omni, Dodge Omni GLHS, Shelby Omni GLHS, yeah, cozy K ones and slicks. Yes, which apparently is and an original cage. owner car that the guy bought so brand new and has been a race car since the day it was new. Cool. So yeah, that's a kind of a cool car. That's why it looks so clean. Yep. Yeah, the car's never been really a street car. It's been driven on the street. It's plated. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't often drive it in the street, and he certainly doesn't drive it in the weather on the street. There but. was a very 90s built Mustang Fox body. Oh, yeah. Quite 90s. Um, but, I don't know. There's there's cool stuff like the uh, uh, that Datsun. That was like gunmetal. Yep. The Datsun 510 with the SR20 and the big turbo. Oh, there's that one. Then the, the uh, Fair Lady or... 240Z, whatever oh, you yeah, call it. 240Z. They're both gone metal. That's why you confuse me there. Yeah. And that then, was cool. It had like uh, TE37 reps. Yeah. Vandermeers, the whole nine. Your buddy's uh, E86. That was all original. Yeah. Juan's all original. Original paint E86. Twin cam car. Yeah. Um, after you left, a fully restored E86 came in. You've probably seen a Japanese car one? day. No, it's a red one. 
The red one. With the okay. 4H, uh, the, um, not 4HE. Beams? Yeah, the beams. Beams With individual throttle bodies and that car. Yeah, I know the car. That car and the Panda car hang out, I think. Yeah, yeah, that guy's super dope. But he came because the my friend Juan with the silver A86 was having a small little stumble. And this guy's like the 4AGE like guru. And he had it fixed within like four minutes of being at the show. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Yeah, so that stuff, meh, whatever. I went home. Uh, I watched Le Mans for a while. Le Mans for a while. Le Mans. Le Mans. I watched Le Mans. I got a Pontiac Le Mans. Uh, I watched it for a little while, and then naturally I fell asleep. It wasn't a very exciting race this year. It wasn't, but there's yeah. – <laughs> it's probably because I've been to quite a few endurance races, and I take naps at them. So you're just used to it. <laughs> it's like the sound of race cars going around. I should really just record that, and then I'll just fall asleep to it at yeah. night instead of having like a fan or something. It's just good white noise. Except when you're at the actual racetrack, it's really loud white noise. No, you know, when you do it with headphones in, it's actually quite relaxing. I've slept, uh, we took like an hour nap during uh, Petit Le Mans. Uh, took like so you missed the 12th of the action. Yeah, I took an hour nap uh, <laughs> during um, Sebring. <laughs> I, I slept for a while when it was raining during 24-hour. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't been to an endurance race. I have a history of it. Yeah. I mean, I would probably fall asleep there, too, because I have a history of falling I mean, asleep the thing everywhere. Is, it's, like, super hot. It's, like, summertime. Literally, you're just watching them, and it's kind of, like, mesmerizing in the sound. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to take a nap for a little while. It's anyway, relaxing. congratulations to Toyota for being the first Japanese yes. team to win since 1991. Yes. That was pretty cool. Uh, we finished up watching that, watched them win, do the parade lap. Yeah, well, actually, so after the car show in Peabody, I went home to my own respective home. Yeah. And you went home to your own respective home. And then we met up the next morning for German car day. Yeah, you met at my house. But Lamar was still on because 24 hours. So we watched the last few laps before we went to German car day. Because there, I mean, there still was a chance within like a half hour left. They're like, Toyota's going to seal it. I was like, don't, don't say, say it. that because they said that last year. Um. So, yeah, obviously they Plus won. Plus, it was cool to see the finish and see the parade lap. That's my favorite part of it, the, is yeah. the finish. All the pomp and circumstance of the corner workers coming out and waving flags. Yeah, it's, like, really cool because it's, like, you made it. Like, it's – not only did you – I mean, Toyota kind of raced the track. Like, that was their competitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they were pretty far ahead of everybody. But, I mean, even if you, like, when they lost to Porsche, it was, like, they are racing Porsche and they're racing the track and fighting mechanical stuff. So it's kind of like such a cool thing. Like, there's so much respect afterwards for the competitors from all the corner workers. Everybody's waving the flag. It's like yeah. super cool. You don't have to like, win Lama or any 24-hour race finish. to win. <laughs> if you finish, you've won. That's a victory in itself. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not the ultimate victory, but yeah. it's a victory. If you can win, then yeah. But if you can at least finish it, that's pretty impressive. 100%. So, anyway, uh, we went to German Car Day at Lars Anderson. Back to again. Lars Anderson the next morning. It's on not Father's that far. Day. Yeah. yeah, it's only 40 minutes. Yeah. So my dad came with us. Um, we took the uh, German Montero. They're yes. big in Germany. They are big in Germany. They're big in Europe in general. Yeah. Uh, parked on the street. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was German car day. It's yeah. not really a German yeah. car. Yeah, it should be. Not even a little bit. Access car day. A German car. <laughs> um, but uh, I really just wanted to see... Um, Rob Siegel. Yeah, I haven't seen him. I used to work with him. I hadn't seen him in a while. 
So he brought his Volkswagen Rialta camper van. Mm-hmm. If you follow Rob Siegel on Facebook, it's pretty fun. He's always working on uh, broken down old BMWs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a really good author, so you should buy his books. He collects cars that are worth money that break all the time, unlike you and I. They collect worthless cars that are still and broken all the time. he's got, like, more than 10 now. It's pretty crazy. 2002s. Yeah. E9. He's got a Bavaria. But he wrote a book called Just Needs a Recharge about vintage air conditioning and mm-hmm. air conditioning in general. Right. Uh, and I got him together with my dad because my dad is an air conditioning expert, and he helped my dad helped him proofread it for the technical part. So he was kind enough uh, to give my dad a signed copy. Pretty awesome. And he actually had never met in person until Sunday. Yeah, they've only talked over the internet. Yeah, so that was pretty cool to get them to meet up. So, um, And then we just kind of checked out all the German cars, and we met up with a bunch of people we know, too. Yeah, we did. Well, it's funny because um, Dan Downey, who we talked about at last week's podcast and former guest, was there with his dad and his friend and his dad. Um, and then a little later on in the day, so I was Dan Downey's restoring for Tim O'Neill, Tim O'Neill's old Gallant VF4 rally car. Um, and a little later on in the day, we met another gentleman at Lars Anderson German Car Day, also named Dan. Yes. Conveniently enough, who has um, Rodham and Lagerman's old Gallant VR4 rally car, which is one of the actual Vermont sports car built, one of two Vermont sports car built Gallant VR4s from Mitsubishi back to Gallant VR4s. Yes. So there were two original Gallant VR4 rally car owners at the same event, and they never met each other. And I we couldn't, unfortunately, get a hold of Dan Downey afterwards to meet with other Dan. Yeah. But we'll make that happen. I told him I would. But then it was funny because we did manage to make the connection. So our other former guest, Alex Grabau, with the pleasure Evo. Oh, yes. Transmission has the transmissions that belong in... Well, like, they came from Lagerman's car, the rally right. air transmissions. So they belong with other Dan's. Um, yeah. So we're tying Gallant. the Gallant VR4 universe of rally cars together. Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. I have to get Dan and Dan together. I just didn't make it happen. And we, have to, day, we should go visit Dan because his collection is pretty cool. So. His collection is ridiculous. And the cars are all like 100-point concourse cars. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He has a bunch of Ford Escorts, like German Ford Escorts, Capris, mm-hmm. Cortinas. He had that red G-Wagon, 76 G-Wagon convertible. No. 88. Was it that late? Yeah. He said it was an 88. It was imported anyway because we never got the convertible ones here. Yeah. Um, super nice. Like concourse level. Mm-hmm. Nice. Like you wouldn't want to take it off road. No. I wouldn't want to drive it. <laughs> yeah, so that was really cool. Um, what else was there? <coughs> German car day? Hmm. Well, there was our... Rows and rows and rows of new Audis. Yeah, that was like whatever. Yeah. There's our friend's old Mark... Mark II GTI. Two GTI that he had. Which is stu- that was stupidly pristine. Meant. Yeah. It's even more pristine now. <laughs> the current owner restored the original wheels that were on it, because when our friend owned it, he had Yankees on it. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty nice. I couldn't. I actually had never gotten to see it in person. I couldn't believe how nice that car. Oh was. really? Yeah. It's For nice. you told me it had like seventy seventy seven thousand miles. Yeah. On it it like, looks like it's brand new. It does. And it's unrestored. Like showroom. Yeah. Like showroom new. The story with that car. It's an eighty seven, uh, sixteen valve. 
It was bought brand Square new. Square headlights. Yep. Aero lights, they call them. Uh, it was okay. bought brand new in, like, Seattle. Mm-hmm. And the original owner owned it up until they passed away in 2006 or seven, And then the niece inherited it, and she daily drove it for a year. Yeah. And then realized that it was too old and sold it on to our friend who had it for a long time and then sold it on to the guy who has it now. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. But it's cool to see an all-original, unmodified Mark II GTI. Mm-hmm. You don't see that anymore. There was one of Buffum's old Audi rally cars Yeah, the there. 95 season, 94, 95 season. Yeah, so the like Audi 90. Audi Coupe Quattro. Yeah. They would have called it. The bubble. It was like, yeah. like the bubble Not looking Not the 80s one. flared car, but no. the next body style. The you, right, the Audi 90 is the is the body it was based on. Yeah, the bubbly one. Yeah, but I think the name of it was officially just Coupe Quattro. Coupe, Coupe Quattro. I'm to call it the Audi bubbly. I don't like that. But Audi bubbly rally car. The early 90s Audi Coupe Quattro. The one that came factory with speed lines. Okay. That one didn't have them because of the rally car wheels on it. But yeah. Those cars are pretty rare too, actually. Yeah. And then, oh, it was really funny because next to Rob's camper, there was a 300 SL Gullwing. Yeah. Just the next car over. Yeah. Which I've been to the, what was it, Colorado Grand? The road, the road, the road rally? Yeah. I had the sticker on the fender still for the that year's Colorado Grand. I'm sure it was a Paul Russell car if it's from around here. No idea. Probably. Whatever. I think that was about it for like the super cool stuff. Yeah, it was a everything lot else, of cool stuff. Everything else is kind of tons of two thousand twos, Bavarias. Yeah. Other E thirty M threes and nine elevens E thirty M threes. So pedestrian. Yeah. <laughs> um. There was an almost cool Fintail rally car, like Mercedes Fintail yeah. rally car. It just needed some. It wasn't right. There was no like micro cars that were German, but but that's because they have their own micro car day. Micro car day. Yep. So, and there was not really any air cooled either because they, they have, their, have own their own air cooled day. day so. We did see like three or four air cools go by, but they got turned down admission because the place was full. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You had to get there. So they they said that they were gonna run out of room. So yeah, car culture in the Boston area is alive and well. You just need to know where to find it. Yeah, I but I think in general, like I said, the like European cars because they sold so well here in New England. Mm-hmm. Well, it all started like, you know, Max Hoffman in New York and yeah. the whole Northeast. And... Yeah. So it, but it's basically the same version of there's, well, there was a lot of European cars in uh, California, but there's way more Japanese cars in California. Correct. Because it's just where they started. Yeah. Because so. California is way closer to Japan than Boston. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Um, What's this weekend's plans, car-wise? What can we suggest our locals to go to? I don't know. I can think of three things. I'm already having a hard time deciding what to do. Because Sunday, there's Cars and Coffee in Salem, New Hampshire, Sunday. Okay. Um, and then, so that's what you should start your day with. Cause that starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay. After that, you have a choice. You can go to Lars Anderson for British Car Day, which is always a good event. Okay. Um, or if you're more to the motorcycle side of things... In Amesbury, which is like two towns over from me, they have a place called Amesbury Sports Park, which during the wintertime is a tubing hill, like a snow tubing hill. And they're doing a vintage motorcycle show, and they're doing a motocross hill climb up the snow tubing hill. Yeah. So that could be fun as well on Sunday. So I think I'm going to go to that, because that's a different event that I'm used to. And it's a sort of racing, and I always much rather go to a racing event than a car show event. Okay. 
So I think that's the plan. So cars and coffee in the morning, and then drive to Amesbury and go to the hill climb. All right. I do not know if it's a vintage hill climb or a modern bike hill climb, but I know it's a vintage bike bike show. And I have to assume it's a vintage bike hill climb because it doesn't seem like that much of a hill for a modern dirt bike to it's, accomplish. It's, it's like a normal hill. Yeah, just like a dirt hill. It is pretty steep, though. I did run up at one time for one of those like Spartan race things, which was kind of weird. I did one of those. Uh, years ago. I don't respect you anymore. Whatever. <laughs> no, I do. I couldn't do that. It's fine. Um, Either way, that should be a fun event. Yeah. Well... Nah, we can do one more thing here. We get time. Uh, we'll do it off the cuff because you don't have the notes. So I don't. Craigslist car scams. Oh, I had one today. Yeah. What are some and why do they happen? Because I don't understand what the goal is here. I mean, maybe the, obviously, yeah, the goal is probably to defraud someone. But mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. So you sent me, we have a group chat going with friends. You sent an ad for an $800 Ram, $800 Ram 50. Yes. V6. Manual four drive. Yep, it's a very it's a power ram specific thing. ad with no real spelling errors or grammar errors. It seemed almost legit, but not legit. And the picture looked like it could be around here, right? So that checked out. It passed a lot of checks. Yep. Um, yeah, they, they're getting better than they used to be. I don't understand what the so we had another friend texted the seller, and it went deeper. They gave more pictures. He texted the seller. Yeah. The seller um, said, hey, if you email me, I'll send you back some pictures and whatnot. Um, I actually have the whole email chain. That, I believe, is part of the scam from what part I of the, tell. Yeah, phishing for the email address for whatever reason. So what they're looking for, and apparently this is what, it took a while to find this scam, but uh, the general consensus on the internet is that they are looking for your email, your name, and your phone number. So they can simply sell your information. But it's such a weird thing that you would pick that vehicle. Mm-hmm. Don't you think you'd like... It's clearly a current... The car is probably legitimately for sale somewhere in the country right now. Yeah. Because the car has no plates on it. And it's act- obviously a current picture because the vehicles in the background are I like mean, 2017. If we got really crazy, you could reverse search the image. Like Catfish. Well, I haven't done that yet. But he did give his name. And I've been trying to figure out who he is. Okay. Because obviously his name. So let me. So our friend Chris texted this gentleman and said, "Hey, is the vehicle still available? I, I'm. I'm. That was advertised on Cape Cod. He said, "I work on the Cape. I'd love to take a look at it if it is." And he got back to him and he said, "Yes, it is. Okay. Um, send me your email. I have pictures I can email you." This all truck. sounds legit. There's no red flags. Not yet. No. So here's the email verbatim. I'll just read it. Okay. This is from the seller back to Chris okay. in an email. First, a few words about this 87 Ram. It's in perfect working condition, garage cap with nothing mechanically wrong, like new. The Ram is only 80,400 miles, used just to drive. No accident history, clear title, no dents, things, scratches. This is where the first red flag That's comes up. That's fishy. Nope. First red flag. Engine size, 2.6 liter inline four, transmission manual. In, in the, the ad, original ad, it was a V6 manual. Yeah. So first thing. If you decide to buy it, you'll receive all the papers, owner's manual, keys, and buy and sell contract already signed by me and a clear title. I lost my brother three months ago in a car accident. Uh, this Dodge Ram was his and brings back a lot of memories. Yes. 
this is a scam. Now it's becoming more and more scammy no, as we go this along. No, this is a common scam. Okay. People will say that the vehicle belonged to a family member who passed away, and it gives them bad memories, and they want to get rid of it. That's why they're selling it so cheap. Okay. Yep. This is very common. I, I, I looked up Craigslist scams, and people were re- reporting these exact scenarios. So he says the price I'm asking for the truck is $800. Yep. No other payments. I must sell it within 10 days because I'm leaving the country. Yes. These are all... On military duty. Uh, oh, my God. He dirty all duty. of them. Of my med- with my medical team for nine months. Oh, Please I'll- let me know if you're interested. I can show you the truck. That is literally every... Thank you in advance. Sergeant E5, James S. Clausen, U.S. Air Force, 99th Medical Group. Yes. You have so, hit all of the points. But I looked up the U.S. Air Force, 99th Medical Group. Yeah, and they exist. It doesn't. Yeah, you can Google all that stuff. Yeah, you Google it. Yeah, I did. They Googled it, but literally, you hit on all the exact same things that every post I found about fake. So at this Craigslist point, Chris ads. goes, "This thing's probably a scam, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "On the off chance that it's not, should I go any further?" I was like, "Just ask him if you can come look at the truck tonight." Yeah, and then leave it at that. Okay. So he did. Okay. He said to he said to him. Um, thank you for your response. I'm still interested. Your ad says V6, but your type says inline four. Which is it? I don't care either way. I'm still interested in seeing the truck. Where is it located? What time is best for you? I live right off the Cape and can be there tonight. Which I told him, like, you know, just be, like, unspecific about it. You know what I mean? So then comes the next email. I would like to clarify some things at first. At the moment, I'm at Hanscom Air Force Base. We are in training, getting ready for leaving the country. The truck is here with me, and you get free shipping. What? Yeah. Now it's obviously a scam, because someone agreed to buy the truck, but in the end, could not get the loan, because most people aren't trying to get a loan for an $800 truck. Yeah. Therefore, the shipping was already paid. You'll get free delivery to your place within two or three days of signing papers. I'm a member of eBay, and if you're not aware of this program, you should know that it will allow you to test drive and oh my inspect God. the truck before committing oh to buy Oh my God. Yeah. You literally, this is every single piece of the scam that people have mentioned online. So after that, it asks him for his full name, shipping address, and phone number. So you can ask him to send you details on this deal. Thanks, and God bless. So here we have, auto off topic, consumer advice. Yeah. <laughs> These are all the red flags that you've got a scam so running. Obviously, against. we stopped at this point, and yeah. Chris is like, yeah, clearly this is a scam. This truck doesn't even exist. Yeah. So, but it is such a weird Hard-hitting truck. investigation. It got us so upset, though, because the truck is so clean, and it's the truck we'd want, and it's a silver 4x4. I was like, man, if this truck's really $800, I will buy it tomorrow if you don't want it, Chris. But and it's so weird. It's so specific. Why? Not many people would try to buy this truck. Exactly. Even $800 is not a wide audience trying to buy this Why truck. Why wouldn't you pick like a 98 Camry? You'd right. catch so many more people with that. Correct. <laughs> I don't understand. So I don't understand what the whole thing is all about. Um, what do they get out of it? Is it just a phishing scam to get email addresses and phone numbers? Yes. To sell you to other people yes. in order to... To legitimately sell you to other people. Yes. It seems like a lot of effort. It does seem like a lot of effort, but yeah, it's weird. Because that, yeah, that's it does seem like a lot of effort because after the initial email and text, you could just stop communicating. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Unless you're trying to, the other thing, people will often... He said no other payment. Some people will try to get you to pay with gift cards. Mm, that was not part of this one. Which is real weird. Yeah. So uh, if someone asks you to pay with gift cards, 
or give you the gift card code over the like don't do that don't please do not do that I'd like to think that anybody listening to this show is technologically savvy enough because they listen to a podcast to not fall for one of these scams. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of wild. Like, I just, that these things even exist. And, you know, so, like, the most obvious one that was, like, the original one is the... Yeah, you send me $5,000 for this, or you send me $2,000 for this $5,000 truck. No, no, no. I will send you... So, like, my Montero, I was asking... Twenty five hundred bucks. They would sh- they would send. I'll send you five thousand dollars when the check clears. Cut me back the difference. What? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, I'll overpay you for your vehicle. Yeah, that no, don't ever do that either. No. Um, but then what was wild too is a lot of people were posting up. It was like, is this a scam? The person wants to pay me in full with a cashier's check and then send someone to pick up the vehicle. And I was like, whoa. That's, like, not that far off from what we've done. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, because one person was like, well, the check cleared. Is this still a scam? And it's like, well, no, probably not. Yeah, once you have the cash, you should be good. Yeah. So, like, I guess the big thing it comes down to when buying a, a Craigslist car, especially long distance, because we've both done it. My 78 Colt was bought. I mailed him a check. Okay. Like a cashier's check? Yeah. So you started, it was probably email. Yep. Then maybe you texted him or something. I called him on the phone. Then you end up calling him on the phone. Yep. At some point, you need to call them on the phone. Mm-hmm. 100%. And then that's when you kind of figure out if it's real or not, for the most part. Um, it's kind of like a, it's like trying not to get catfished or something, if you're like online dating or something, buying Craigslist cars, I guess. But And then like you, but once you and the seller have figured out that you were real people, then you were able to do the transaction and have it picked up. Yes. So It wasn't that simple, but yes. I didn't sleep for like two days, but yes, that is all true. I, but it's the it's kind of like a, an exciting gamble. Yeah, and it wasn't a really expensive gamble. It wasn't a $30,000 car. I think I no, like, I know, mean... $1,300 or something. I suppose if I had... But to me, $1,300 is a lot of money. Yeah. That's a month's mortgage. But if I had thirty grand to spend on a car and it was across the country... I would Probably buy a two have, plane ticket. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would have <laughs> enough extra to buy a plane ticket to go yeah, check that's it out. That's true. Um, but yeah, so I guess it depends on what you're willing to to gamble on. So if like a thousand dollar car is not a big deal, you might have it shipped. But so it, that was just kind of weird. I was trying to figure out why you would post random scammy cheap like cars that just seem too cheap. Mm-hmm. Like it never made sense. And then occasionally you'll get them and they're priced normally. That's another thing they're doing. Yeah, to not have any red flags. And this particular vehicle here, I mean, it's an 88 or 89 Dodge Ram D50. $800 is not out of line for what somebody no. would sell a truck like that no, for. No, it's not. And like I said, the pictures weren't like uh, if it was listed up here in Craigslist and then the pictures were like from Miami. Right. Um. But, I mean, we know, like, Andy and Mercedes Lilienthal mm-hmm. bought a truck via Craigslist, their two-door uh, Piero. Mm-hmm. But they were able to, because it did look weird. But because, they also had a local person able to put eyes yes, on it and talk to the guy. Because it did look weird, though, because the car was listed, like, it was from somewhere else, but it was listed on Texas Craigslist. Right. Because the guy got better hits down there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just like... I don't know. You just could be well informed, but 
I just thought that was a fun thing to talk about because we just we talked about them kind of briefly before, but I just I was like, I need to know more. Why? But this we're talking about it now, but I don't even know what the reason for it is, other than trying to catch phone numbers. There's got to be another reason for it. I mean, there has to be a way where they can scam you out of your money. If you were to send him a check, a payment for the vehicle, yeah, yeah. via PayPal or that eBay one is like a, a scam thing. They're misre- misrepresenting themselves as eBay, and then they'll ask you to send a PayPal or something. So, yeah, this one here, the article says, "Watch out for sob stories." Yes, you yes, know, the sob story selling one. is a business transaction. If the seller shares information about their private life, could be a sign, not always, that they're trying to scam you. Yeah, but no. So that is the. Uh, I think we'll call that a podcast tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna look a little more into this and find out what the reasons are and what people get out of scamming. Because now I'm real curious. No, I think I. There's, there's, there's got to be more to it than there's got to be a reason. You're selling the information, or potentially you're getting gift cards or some other form of payment. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the responses were like, "Oh, my teenage son or teenage daughter got taken for like fifteen hundred bucks because they they didn't tell me first and they were paying this person in gift yeah. cards." Like, it's just you're preying on someone that doesn't know enough. When you're seventeen or eighteen, you might not understand that. People suck. Yeah, and paying with gift cards is not a normal way to pay for something. Yes, this is not currency. No. Because the back of the gift card says, treat this card like cash. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and then they have you give you the code. They want you to give them the codes over the phone or something. Yeah, yeah. it's all yeah, it interesting that stuff. Way. So, anyway. But yeah, I've bought and sold cars, sight unseen, by, you know, sending checks. So, yeah. it can work. It's just, it's nerve-wracking. Regardless, go check out our YouTube page. You can watch us... Uh, Put fumble some, through the NSU. Put some skid plates on the Montero. Get the NSU to run. Um, hopefully some more stuff will go on there. Oh, we're doing breaks in the other Montero tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. On Instagram, Auto Off Topic. My Instagram, at Race and Anger. Uh, and uh, my stuff on Gearbox Magazine. Brad, where can they find you? My Instagram is TSISS350. Cool. As always, keep your cars analog and aim for the roses.